Jack Flaherty was on the mound again today against the Astros. Plus, we get to talk about the shortstop position and, yes, everyone's favorite whipping boy, Paul DeYoung, on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, available on YouTube. If you haven't seen us over there yet, Come on by. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. The Cardinals and the Astros met up again today. Aren't we? We're tired of seeing the same teams over and over, aren't we? Nationals, Marlins, Mets, Astros, over and over and over. Anyway, more Grapefruit League action today. But before we talk about today's game... Let's do a quick recap on about what happened on Wednesday uh, because they got past the Mets by the score of 4-1 to on Wednesday. Justin Verlander comes out, dominates the Birds, throwing five shutout innings. He strikes out eight, allows just one hit. How is this guy continuing to be better as he gets older? Like, how he does it is beyond me. Uh, there was a time that, you know, we'd see something like this, performances like this, and you're like, PEDs, steroids, but... I'm assuming that the testing is still going strong. And I think it's more that Verlander is just, he's just a freak, man. Just an absolute freak. I mean, the Mets able to swap out DeGrom for Verlander this season. It's got to feel real nice considering the health issues that surround DeGrom every single season. Like there's always that, is he going to pitch or not? Of course, the Mets did get the unfortunate news about Jose Quintana, who will be out until at least July with his rib issue. So it's not all sunshine and rainbows for the Mets just because they have Verlander on their team. But uh, on this day, Verlander, he looked superb. He looked fantastic. So it's a good thing he uh, was out of the game after the fifth inning. Uh, boys were able to get the best of the Mets bullpen, scoring two in the sixth and two in the seventh to pick up their 10th Grapefruit League win. Dylan Carlson picked up a two-out RBI double, did it from the left side again, which is great, uh, to tie that game up at one apiece. And that was followed by a two-out RBI double by Juan Yepes to give the cards the lead. And then they went on to get the win. Uh, shout out to our man, uh, Victor Scott II, who picked up his first RBI of the spring. Way to go, Victor. Well done. Again, if you didn't see the interview that we did with Victor Scott uh, last week, you should go check that out. It's and, uh, under all of the uh, different videos that we have there on our YouTube page. Uh, now speaking uh, about the Mets bullpen, uh, big blow to them last night with the injury to their closer, Edwin Diaz, at the World Baseball Class. So we got more about that coming up later on in the show. Uh, I do want to point out that Cardinals prospect Connor Thomas looked the best he's looked. All spring, all spring in this game against the Mets. He throws four shutout innings, allows two hits, strikes out two. Uh, as far as the Cardinals bullpen goes, Drew Verhagen, who has looked strong and healthy this spring, he got touched up for his first run of the spring, a solo dinger on a breaking ball up in the zone. But other than that, you had Wilking Rodriguez, who keeps getting better. He whiffed two in a scoreless inning. Uh, Ryan Helsley does what Ryan Helsley does, and that's get punchies. Shot, he strikes out the whole side. 
all three of them, no problem. Uh, Hicks gives up a hit and a walk, but no runs. Chris Stratton, damn glad to meet you, two Ks, and his clean inning of work uh, to get the save. So another strong day from the bullpen. Now, prior to today's game, uh, the Cardinals did make some roster moves. They've optioned Connor Thomas, who I just brought up, catcher Yvonne Herrera, and outfielder Moises Gomez to the Memphis AAA roster. No surprises there uh, with guys starting to return from the World Baseball Classic. At bats are going to be at a premium, and they need to get to work at AAA. That's where they were going to go anyway. Totally fine with those moves. So that brings us into today's game against the Astros, and it was Jack Flaherty back on the bump for the third start of the spring, and it wasn't great. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. He got into a bit of trouble in the first with a hit. Then he hits a guy, gives up a, another soft single into right field, and they actually would have gunned the guy at home plate, but uh, Contreras couldn't handle the hop that came in, kind of skipped past him and uh, got through him to make it one to nothing. And I was a little surprised. They gave Contreras an error on that, which I feel like is a little touchy uh, as far as errors goes, but whatever, spring ball. Uh, he then gets a Brady to ground out, and the next hitter bounces into an inning-ending double play. Could have been much worse, uh, but he worked his way out of trouble, which you like to see. Then he cruises over the next couple of innings until the fourth when Jose Abreu hits an absolute missile over the left field wall. Uh, his second of the spring makes it 2 nothing. Minutes back-to-back singles, a walk, and then that was it for Jack for that particular inning because they end up bringing him back out in the fifth inning, which is totally legal. You can do that in spring training. He gets the first guy, but then a double, a ground out. Abreu comes up again, hits another double, making it three to nothing, and that ends Jack's day altogether for real. <laughs> this time, he did not come back after that one. Flaherty's final line today, four and a third, seven hits, three uh, runs, two earned, two walks, three strikeouts. And at times today, Jack was dealing. He was getting a lot of ground balls. Uh, second and third innings, he 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 was looking beautiful. Everything was nice and smooth, but Abreu just kind of had his number today. You know, it's not as if he got thrashed for like 10 runs over three innings or anything like that. So there is some good news. I do have some good news, though. Jack Flaherty, I don't see any updates. Still healthy. Jack Flaherty is still healthy, everybody. And that that's what's most important coming out of this spring. I mean, I'd love to see some better results, but the fact that he's still healthy, that's great. Now one and one ERA of 3.97 this spring. He's got 10 Ks and 11 in the third innings, but he's also given up 13 hits. Um, probably got, I don't know, two starts left before the regular season. So hopefully we can just get a better outing from Jack Flaherty his next time out on the mound. But I'm not going to say that this was like some devastating game that he looked trashy in because he did. He had his moments where he looked really, really good. And sometimes the hitters win. You, got, you just got to know that. Sometimes the hitters win. We can't expect these guys to go out there and have no hit ball every single time they take the mound. Uh, the pen, though, great again today. Allowed just three hits uh, the rest of the way. No runs. Uh, the lefties were back out there today. They dominated. Zach Thompson, Andrew Suarez continued their scoreless springs with an inning each. Anthony Masevich and Packy Naughton also had shutout innings as the competition for bullpen spots continues to be a heated one, especially from the left-handed side. Uh, they've Seen a lot of good stuff from them. I, I don't know what they're going to do as far as how many people they're going to keep as far as left-handers in the bullpen, how many they're going to send. To, I don't know what's going to happen. The competition continues. Uh, we talked a, a, a more in-depth about that in our last episode, so if you haven't checked that one out yet, you should probably do that. Uh, one spot where we know who the starter is going to be, uh, that's the shortstop position. Tommy Edmonds spot, but who's going to play when Tommy Edmonds doesn't play. 
because there will be times when Edmund is not on the field. We're going to talk about those options next on Locked on Cardinals. So the NBA season, um, it's continuing, obviously, but aren't we all into March Madness mode? Isn't that what's really going on here? Uh, you saw Virginia lose today. You saw Arizona lose to Princeton today. Crazy stuff going on. And uh, with the college basketball tournaments underway, perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drained, player props. You're talking about their points, their rebounds, their assists. Uh, you've got exclusive bets like the uh, two times three, where you get two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. That's something you can bet on. There's a lot of options out there for you. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, which really makes the games more interesting. So don't miss out the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Starting shortstop, Tommy Edmond. He's back, ladies and gentlemen, from the World Baseball Classic after his time with Team Korea. Uh, they got eliminated in pool play. Edmond didn't have a great few games with Team Korea. Hit just 182 during the tournament, two for 11, couple RBIs. Uh, he is back with the Cardinals now and trying to get over the jet lag, which is uh, which is an issue because he had to go all the way overseas. That's the thing. is like guys like Team USA and the guys that had to go down to Florida, big whoop. Tommy Edmund and Lars Newbar are like, phew, all the way overseas. So it's going to be a little more difficult for them to get reacclimated to things over here in the States. You know, he's uh, adjusting to the clock, to, to coming back to the States and getting readjusted to our clock. We just sprung forward and, you know, it's just craziness. So it's going to be a couple of days before he's back playing with the Cardinals, but that's fine. We've got patience. But it's been a, a kind of a blessing with Tommy being gone, not because we don't want to watch Tommy Edmund play, but we got to see other options at the shortstop position when Tommy's going to inevitably need a day off or he's going to play another position or heaven forbid he deals with an injury at some point. So we got to see these guys that could be the other options at shortstop play a lot more with Tommy Edmund in the World Baseball Classic. Now, the main options that were behind him consisted of top prospect Mason Wynn, who you see on our screen here on YouTube. Um, you've got the incumbent, Paul DeYoung, and we saw today Brennan Donovan playing shortstop. So who deserves to be the backup? Because honestly, the way this roster is shaping up, there isn't one specific person who is backing up anyone, really. I think it's just going to be a group effort and it really says something about the guys that they have on this roster that they have the flexibility to play multiple positions to help you win in multiple ways. Guys are playing all over the diamond. So let's start with Mason Wen since he's up on the screen here on YouTube. And he's one of the, the shiny new toys in the garage that can hit, hit for power, 435-foot home run this spring, good speed, stole a couple of bases, good glove. He's got that thunderbolt for an arm. If there was no Tommy Edmond on this team, you might see Mason Wynn up on this major league roster. It, it could have happened because we've seen top prospects like Wander Franco and uh, Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr. making their debuts in the major leagues at 21 years old. 
And Wynn's going to be turning 21 in just a couple of days from now, uh, five days from now, actually. He turns 21 on March 21st, but he hasn't played above double A yet. He's had a very good spring, and he's been an exciting talent to watch, no doubt. Making solid plays in the field, scorching throws across the diamond, stealing bases, even playing a little second base, which was kind of cool. And until recently, his batting average was well over 300. He's over his last eight, though, and that includes that three-strikeout day uh, against the Mets. So I don't think it's going to be Mason Wynn, but it's not because Mason Wynn has been doing anything wrong. It's just kind of like, you know, he's 20. You know, and he's going to be 21 here very, very soon. So, and you've got other guys on this roster like this guy, Paul D. Young. Now, he's the one who gets people really fired up, right? Because of how bad he's been at the plate since 2019. It hasn't been pretty. The Cardinals invested in him after his solid rookie season. At that time, it was the largest contract ever given to a player with less than a year of service time narrowly edging the six-year, $25 million guaranteed extension reached between the White Sox and shortstop Tim Anderson. They gave DeYoung six years, $26 million with club options for 2024 and 2025. And that contract has just not worked out the way anyone has hoped. DeYoung was second in the rookie of the year voting that year. Then he becomes an all-star in 2019, but since then he has spiraled down badly to where he was demoted to Memphis last season. Uh, John Denton from MLB.com did a write-up on DeYoung and uh, how this was going to be essentially a make-or-break spring for him. He he had worked on his swing, made some adjustments, and was hoping that you know it would bring some good fortune, maybe change things a little bit for him because we've seen him when he's been on. And he can hit for power. He's a solid glove, but he just hasn't been very good at the major league level the last few years. And this spring, it hasn't really been the swing that's the problem. Even though he's made these adjustments, he got rid of his stride, the big leg kick. That's not the problem. The problem is he can't stay healthy. He can't get on the field. He's been dealing with arm fatigue, and after that seemed to clear up a little bit. They started him at shortstop, and now he's got a back problem. He's been limited to just 19 plate appearances. Uh, he's two for 13 this spring. He's got one home run, which is an absolute bomb off the nationals, <laughs> off the batting eye. Uh, he's got two RBIs. Uh, credit to him also, he has only struck out once this spring, and we usually give, at least I do, I give Paul DeYoung a lot of grief because he strikes out a lot. It drives me bonkers, but... Only one strikeout this spring. He's walked six times. So those are those are good things. Those are positives. But he's still hitting 154. That's not going to get it done. And we know Brendan Donovan can play anywhere you need. And he was uh, starting at shortstop on uh, Thursday. He was two for three with a double, raising his spring average to 324. He's shown that extra pop that we've talked about. He uh, you know got a heavier bat. He's made a few minor adjustments at the plate, standing more upright, leads the team in home runs this spring and RBIs, four home runs, 10 RBIs. Donovan's looked really, really good. And I know many of you want to ditch Paul DeYoung. You want, you want to ditch him. You, you just want to move on with our lives. And maybe in a way that can sort of happen because of these injuries that he's dealing with. So follow me here with Edmund back, Donovan doing his thing, and then Gorman having a solid spring as well. Maybe what the Cardinals need to do is start the season. You don't have to cut DeYoung or anything like that yet, but you put him on the injured list. Put him on the injured list, okay? Let him get healthy. Let his arm get back to where it needs to be. Let his back heal. Have him do his rehab assignment. 
which would be down in the minor leagues. You can send him down there to Memphis. He can be the DH. He can play some shortstop. Mason Wynn can play a little second base, also DH some. And if DeYoung starts to tear the cover off the ball and these adjustments and uh, changes that he's made start paying dividends, you bring him back up and you see what you can do. But you don't have to. Here's the thing about Paul DeYoung. You don't have to worry about starting him. Like when you bring him back up, if you bring him back up, he's just going to be a bench guy. He's not taking like a lot of the bats away from other people who might be deserving them. That's not his role anymore. But if he doesn't, if he if he heals up and he still stinks and he can't hit a leg, then you make a decision on him, whether you cut him loose, you trade him, whatever the heck you got to do. Because I'm tired of worrying about the money when it comes to Paul DeYoung. The money's already spent. You're not getting it back. So who cares about the money anymore? If he's not going to help you at the major league level, then you cut the cord. Cut it. And we all move on with our lives. Wynn should be your guy at Memphis this year. No doubt. Let him play short. Let him play second, but focus on shortstop mostly. That's where you want him. And if the young can't make it as the final bench guy on the Cardinals roster, then let's end the charade. Let's put an end to it that we think he might get better because he hasn't for multiple years. This isn't like we're just giving him two months to figure it out and then we're cutting him loose. That's not the uh, – he's had plenty of time to figure things out. Donovan should be your backup. You just plan out when Edmund is going to get a day off so that Donovan can get his rest when he needs it. You got Gorman who can play second base. Then we all live happily ever after. I don't I don't understand why this is so difficult, that a young contract needs to stop being an excuse to keep someone on the team, even though they aren't contributing. It's got to stop. You need your top 26 players available, not your most expensive 26 players available. Whoever gives you a better chance to win needs to be on this roster, bottom line. World Baseball Classic updates are coming up next, including... Every team's worst nightmare happening to the Mets and Team Puerto Rico next on Locked on Cardinals. The World Baseball Classic has been a treat to watch. It really has. Uh, seeing these guys compete for their countries and not a paycheck has been outstanding to watch. Uh, the energy at the ballparks, seeing these guys uh, at the Tokyo Dome and down in Miami and in Arizona, fans losing their minds. I Watching the games over in Tokyo are crazy. It always reminds me of Tom Selleck in the movie Mr. Baseball <laughs> every single time, you know, and it's it's cool. I love how much they get into it and they're singing songs like while the play is going on. It's wild. And then, of course, you know, you've got the uh, the crowds down in Miami, you know, rooting for the Dominican teams and Puerto Rico and all their favorite guys. That was that was madness last night watching that game with Puerto Rico and uh, the Dominican Republic. Um the only knock against the World Baseball Classic, and you're hearing a lot of people talk about it, especially now, is the risk factor of guys getting hurt while playing that would hinder their avail availability for their major league rosters. And that situation came to fruition in heartbreaking fashion for the Mets and Team Puerto Rico on Wednesday night. After their closer, Edwin Diaz. Closes out the uh, game against the Dominican Republic. Crowds going wild. It's it's just an just an amazing scene of uh, positivity and energy with the upset win there. The guys come out 
and celebrate the way most teams do after a big win. They, you know, they start bouncing and they're cheering together when out of nowhere, Edwin Diaz crumbles to the ground, had to be wheeled off the field in a wheelchair. Then it was announced today that he tore his patellar tendon in his right knee and will likely miss the entire season for the Mets. Just devastating news. And no matter what you feel about the Mets and their spinning habits to try and win their first championship since 1986, you got to feel bad for Edwin Diaz and the team. That stinks, man. You never wanted to see injuries, and especially in such a, a freak manner. It's even worse that way. You know, you're playing hard on the field and, and things happen. But when something as silly as just celebrating by jumping up and down after the game and then the knee just gives away, that's rough, man. That's a tough pill to swallow. Um, so we feel bad. We certainly feel bad for uh, Edwin Diaz and company. But it's one of the things with the World Baseball Classic, and it's it's picking up more steam now. Is there like, people? it's an injury risk. I think it's stupid. They should be doing this after the season, not before it. I've enjoyed the WBC. I think it's been fantastic. So I don't want to see it go anywhere. Do we tweak when it's played? Eh, maybe. Um, as far as Cardinals players that are still in the WBC, they've all been able to avoid any injuries so far. Fingers crossed. Uh, Goldie Arnato, Michaelis, and Wainwright moving on with Team USA to the quarterfinals. They face Venezuela on Saturday night in Miami. A shout-out to Team Canada and our buddy Tyler O'Neill. Um, Team Canada's out, by the way, but it's not because of Tyler O'Neill's lack of production. Bro Neal, all he did was hit 615 in their four games. Uh, eight for 13, five runs scored, two doubles, four RBIs. He even walked five times. Let's hope that guy is the guy that we see this year in the outfield for the Redbirds. Healthy and just mashing the ball. And then, of course, uh, we've got to talk about one Lars Newbar. Lars Newbar and Team Japan, they've moved on after beating Italy earlier today. Newt, of course, has been a lightning rod of energy for the team and its fans. We know about the speeches. If you haven't seen those videos, hilarious stuff, where he does the speeches in the dugout before they take the field. But he does them in English, so the translator is the one who has to relay everything, and you just hear, oh, like they all get excited at the same time. It's pretty cool. Um, we know about the pepper grinder celebration, which has boosted sales in Japan of pepper grinders by 15%. That's what I read somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, what? Is it really? That's crazy. Um, by the way, how do we not have a new bar or Cardinals pepper grinder giveaway at Bush Stadium this year? I feel like we're missing the boat on that one. Uh, on the field, though, Newt is getting it done. He's batting 368. He's their leadoff guy. Uh, seven hits, seven runs scored, three RBIs, two stolen bases. And now he's even got his own noodles. You guys, they've got noodles for Lars Newt Bar. Uh, this uh, Tokyo ramen shop offering a new dish called New bar noodles. It's available now. Limited time, obviously. Um, this it made me think too. So I wonder if the Japanese community are going to start coming to more games in St. Louis after all of this. Because we've seen how well they support their fan favorites over the years. You've had Ichiro, Hideo Nomo, Hideki Matsui, Masahiro Tanaka, Yu Darvish, and of course, Shohei Otani. Uh, but wouldn't that be something if the Cardinals ended up picking up a boost in ratings and attendance because of the newt factor at the World Baseball Classic? I think that would be awesome. And I think the Cardinals also need to start investing in not only the pepper grinders for us at the stadium, but also some new bar noodles. You got to have at least one spot that has those available. That that would be awesome, right? Have a box with his face all over. 
be awesome. Yeah, it's a winning idea. Get to it, Mo. Get to it, Cardinals. Um, and another thing that's made me think of with Newbar doing so well in Japan and batting leadoff, I know we have this idea with the Cardinals that Edmund should be the leadoff guy, but what if, what if Edmund doesn't bat leadoff? He hasn't really excelled in the leadoff role uh, over the years. He hasn't done all that good as leadoff guy. So what if Newt stays at the top, you put Edmund, switch hitter, have him bat second, then Goldie, Arenado, Contreras, O'Neal, Jordan Walker, Dylan Carlson, and then Brendan Donovan. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. All right, thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to our guys Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Cardinals back on the field tomorrow. They'll be facing the Marlins. Steven Matz is your scheduled starting pitcher. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like, subscribe, comment on YouTube, help that channel grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I will see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. <laughs> 